Personal Finance tonight, setting up a financial plan. And I wonder when last you had an epiphany, if you had a moment where you sat one day, or maybe you woke up at two o'clock in the morning and you went, it's been fun, but there's nothing in savings. There's nothing in investments. I'm going to be dependent on my children one day. Maybe you're looking after elderly parents. Maybe you, you're part of the sandwich generation and you're stuck in the middle of the sandwich of looking after parents on one side and bringing up your kids as best you can and putting them through the lessons that the talented little darlings require and uh, they go to a nice school or maybe a school for special needs and you've got to fork out extra cash for that. And really, you, your money is being sucked up by life. Well, EWN sports editor Cindy Paluta had a realisation. I'm not sure what her realisation was, but we'll get her to tell us that she's not getting any younger. And she tweeted how she needed help to ensure that she didn't become a burden on her daughters one day. Was this a 2am revelation, Cindy Paluta? Was it a, a mid-afternoon revelation? When did this this moment hit you? Because I saw your tweet. So, My goodness me. Yes. So I'll be I'll be brutally honest, and I mean it hasn't been a now. I mean, well, it has, it's not been broadcast for lack of a better term. My dad died just before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of thought, you know, we're tying up the estate and all of this, and he leaves behind my mom. And though she's, I mean, she she'll be looked after, which is fine. But I thought, sure, what about those people who won't be looked after? My dad was seventy six, and he literally worked until the day he died. Um, and I've kind of gone, I don't really want to work until the day I die. <laughs> Can you imagine me at 76 reading sports? Um, oh, my goodness also, me. Ah, madness. <laughs> in my day. Um, and, <laughs> but, at the same, <laughs> in my, but at the same time, I, I don't, you know, you want to retire at a certain point, And you definitely don't want to be a burden on your children. And I look at the lifestyle our parents had. And we, we, we both know this. And we've spoken about widely. They were, it's very carefree. It was very one day to the next, you know. It was very much, nobody thought very far forward. And I think times are becoming tougher and life is becoming harder and we get hit by a pandemic and, our, you know, our income slows down, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of go, what do I need to do now to make sure that my, I don't have to move in with my kids when I'm in my 60s and my 70s? And I was kind of like, what do we do for those people that are mid-30 onwards, what can, what steps or what should we be investing okay, in? Or no, what hold, on, be hold, hold on one second. Don't try and pass yourself as mid-30s. Don't try and pass yourself <laughs> off as mid-30s. It was a nice try, but no. We need a little bit of transparency here. Um, okay. I'm how 42. old are you? I'm 42. I'm going right. to be 43 on the 11th of May. You can all send me birthday cake. I love that. <laughs> and um, I just, I'm just wondering, I'm 43, and what should I be investing in? Because a lot of people have said, oh, easy equities, or this, or that, or get an endowment, or get a plan. But what is actually the thing that is going to give me the best return on investment for, you know, what should I be actually looking into? All right, just just a couple more details. So you're turning 43 on the 11th of May. Cindy Paluta, 43. Right, got you. Um, You've got a young family, got two daughters, um, and children are wonderful but expensive. Um, Even even children who inexpensive cost money. Um, Your husband does have some expensive habits. Does he not? 
Yes, he does, but his expensive habits are appreciating. So that's that's the only reason why he's allowed to um, collect cars. Okay. I hate using the word allowed. Um, we are, yeah, I have done the research and I have done the, you know, fin- like the financial checks and everything. But I was more tweeting the question for people out there in 702 land who might be in their 40s, kind of, what do I do? Is it too late to invest in something? And if I have, a, I mean, nobody's got extra cash lying around. If you do, you're very fortunate. But if I do have, where should I be putting it? So that in 10, 20 years from now, I can have access to something that's at least done something for me. I hope you've told the bosses at Prime Media that you don't intend working forever, that you uh, intend to be retiring <laughs> in 12 to 15 years' time. I just, well, I, I, the, retire, the retirement age at Prime Media is 65, Bruce. <laughs> They've got another 23 years of me. <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> Cindy, thank you. I'm Cindy Felisa. <laughs> I'm Cindy. I'm Dutch. I have no idea who I am. Um, listen, Cindy, thank you. It's very, it's very good and it's very thought provoking, and I, I loved it. The moment I saw your tweet, I just went, absolutely. This is something we need to do. Thank you, Cindy, mm-hmm. sports editor at EWN. Uncle Warren is with us this evening. Warren Ingram, personal financial advisor, executive director at Galileo Capital. It's a fabulous question. It's a fabulous conundrum that faces so many people in their 40s, Warren, where perhaps they just, you know, through circumstance, they either didn't have enough or started working late or had a family and the money has been spent and suddenly they get to this realisation that I am actually nowhere near prepared for a retirement of any description at any time in the foreseeable future. What should that kind of person do, Warren? Um, can I just say I'm so happy. I'm 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 a I'm a Cindy Paluta fan. So so to be able to combine personal finance, sport, and Cindy Paluta in one show is like my happy place. Oh um, my goodness me! So you know, well, I can introduce you to to somebody who can help you with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, the, the the interesting thing is that that as a whole in South Africa, re- retirement uh, um, investing becomes a real concept for most people around about the age of 48. That seems to be the time when, when it goes from being a concept to a reality. So, so Cindy's kind of ahead of the, ga- the game there, of course, because it's Cindy. And, um, and I feel that the first thing to do is to say your, your best return over a long period of time. If, you, if you're kind of saying bottom line, you know, where do I go? What do I do? The, the bottom line is you have to make sure you've got in- investment assets that are going to grow you know, reasonably faster than inflation. And for most of us, that's going to be the, the, the stock market. And, and as always, you don't need to be a stock market guru, you know, uh, to, to say, well, I'm going to have to now become a share expert and buy a million different shares and, and research all of it. You could buy, you know, something really simple like a balanced unit trust or a balanced exchange traded fund. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be something that's, you know, they're really complicated or really expensive. It can just be really simple. But, but I think the biggest decision is, you know, check your investment portfolio, understand what component is, how much of that is actually in shares, how much is in cash, how much is in, you know, government bonds and the like. And, and for a lot of people, you know, they, they might be coming out of a cycle where they've spent a lot of the money on, you know, paying off home loans and cars and funding education, et cetera. So, so they might not have a lot beyond, let's just say, you know, a, a typical retirement fund, whether it's a company retirement fund or or uh, RA. And a lot of the time, those are, are reasonably well invested. They usually have quite a high exposure to shares. But, uh, you know, if you've got, if you've got other money invested, then, 
the key there is don't be too conservative with your money and just saying, you know, I can't afford to lose anything. I've only got, you know, 12 years or whatever it is, you know, 20 years to retirement, you know, and, and I haven't got a lot of time. The, the reality is, you know, you've got 20 years to retirement plus another, you know, 20 to 40 years of life. So your time horizon is really long. And, and I think the first, you know, part of, you know, Cindy's question, is it too late? No ways. I mean, it's, it's certainly, you know, I mean, tomorrow is soon enough, you know, get, get going. But, but then make sure that your, your investment assets can, can grow faster than inflation. And, and I think, uh, you know, the other thing in, in this sort of stage of life is, you know, have a serious look at your, your, your debt burden as well. You know, a, a lot of people won't be 100% debt free. Uh, and I think that that's the other thing here is, you know, make sure all the credit cards are, are paid up, all the personal loans, overdrafts, all that stuff needs to, to be out of your life now. Uh, you, you can still have a home loan. I mean, that's, you know, that, that for most of us, you know, we, we, we don't pay it off, you know, in, in five or six years. So taking a little bit longer to pay off the home loan is okay. But, you know, in your mid to late 40s, you are, you, you should be heck of a focused on that as well. And making sure that, you know, that that's rapidly diminishing uh, and then really starting to to save aggressively and you know n- don't take too much risk either you know don't start okay going now, into- this is the important bit so i want to pause here for a moment to just consolidate and then come back and reflect a little bit because you've used quite a few terms that you and i are familiar with and many other people might be but you started saying things like you know invest in the stock market or you can invest in balanced etfs or balanced unit trusts and a lot of people at that point go oh balanced. What does that mean? Uh, so we're going to get into that in just a moment because there is no greater destructive force on the planet than inflation. The Tonga volcano seen from space had less destructive power than inflation when it comes to your money. Warren Ingram, on that <laughs> and how you protect yourself against probably one of the most destructive forces in the world. Um, And because inflation is inevitable, it is built into the financial system. You've got to earn more on your investments than inflation, plus some on top of that. And how to do it without being stupid and crazy and taking too much risk is the big lesson this evening. Personal financial advisor Warren Ingram responding to the plea from Cindy Paluta. Help, somebody, help. I don't want to be a burden on my children. I don't know if it's maybe her children said to her, Mom, you're not coming to live with us, ever. I think that was maybe the catalyst of tonight's conversation. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. One of the big problems when it comes to investing is that people overthink it or they underthink it or they just don't think and they think... The only thing they think is they're a bit of a genius. And they look at today's stock market close of 76,233, which is the highest ever that the JSE has closed at, and think to themselves, I'm going to wait till it pulls back. Or they look at the currency and they go, ooh, it's getting stronger. I'm going to wait till it hits 14 to the dollar, and then I'm going to take money offshore because that's what my friend's dad did, and, and he's very rich. Um, or they're going to say, oh, Julius Malema is going to make the restaurants not employ Zimbabweans anymore and, and, and then you know, make everybody come and report who owns what and what ratio, and, uh, and I don't like this, and I'm worried about the land, and oh, my goodness me, and I'm worried about inflation. And then you just get frightened into a state of doing absolutely nothing. So the simplest route for somebody in their mid-40s Warren, who has got their debts largely under control and they have got their, their kids are growing up and they, they've now got life sorted. They've, they've reached a level where they've got an income and there's a little bit of spare money coming through. What is the simplest route to take for somebody who is starting this investment journey or, or trying to accelerate an investment journey? You spoke about balanced ETFs and balanced unit trusts. I think 
if we can hone in there, unless you've got a better idea, let's do that. Okay, so a balanced unit trust is, uh, I mean, it's literally um, a, a unit trust that will buy a combination of cash, bonds, property, and and shares. And the 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 it's a, it's actually a category of of, of unit trusts that, that then are regulated. So what what it will say is that the balanced unit trusts are not allowed to have less than uh, uh, let's say around forty percent in shares. And and not more than seventy five percent in shares. So so specific fund managers, you know, fund manager A might decide that they think the stock market's really cheap and and they really want to buy a lot of the stock market now. So they'll have a maximum you know allocation at seventy five. A different fund manager might, might might be really worried and and think the world's going to fall apart and they, they will go down to the minimum they're allowed, which would then be forty percent. But as a as someone who's buying that unit trust. What, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I, I want to be in 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 the the main growth asset class, you know, in the world, which would be shares, uh, and I'm allocating the money to this fund. But then you don't need to decide, you know, exactly how much to have in shares every single day or every single month. You're, you're outsourcing that responsibility to the fund manager. But you're know you know at the same time that you're not giving the fund manager discretion, for example, to go all the way down to zero in shares or all the way up to 100%. So, so what you're doing is you're putting in kind of guardrails to make sure that you know they don't totally derail your financial plan because let's say one fund manager just becomes enormously conservative and, and puts everything in cash for the next decade and the stock market booms. You know, that, that, that would be an awful outcome for, for an investor. So, so the, the benefit of a balanced fund is it really does uh, re- replicate what most private investors should be doing with their money when their time horizon is, let's say, you know, five or 10 or 15 years or, or even longer. It, it is the right type of asset allocation for, for an investor like that. So, so it's, it's a case of saying, I, I don't want to be the genius that, you know, is, is the stock picker and the market timer and all of those things, because let, let's face it, most of that stuff's rubbish. It's a nice theory, doesn't really work. Um, I don't have time to spend my life, you know, watching what's going on in markets. I want to outsource that uh, that decision, but I want to make sure I'm doing it in the most sensible way. And and to me, that then that what that is is a is actually a balanced unit trust. Uh, and so, as a starting point, you know that that might be the solution for a lot of uh, a lot of people in in this age group. You know, someone younger might might have a hundred percent in shares because they've got even more time on their side. Uh, and then the alternative to that, Bruce, is is then saying, well, hang on, I don't really want a fund manager, you know, even deciding, you know, the, the range of shares between forty and seventy five. So, so then you could, for example, just buy, you know, a fund that is balanced, but it always has, you know, for example, only ever has sixty seven percent in shares, and then a split between cash, bonds, and property. And and typically those are funds that track the stock market uh, index, the bond market index, the cash index, and the property index. But it's a very strict, strictly guided, strictly controlled fund because it's got a set of rules that says you can always only have a fixed allocation. Fund managers can't chop and change. Uh, and, and the benefit of that is is then you've always got exactly the right allocation to to the markets, you know, wh- whether it's the cash market or the or the share market, and you're not relying on fund managers to then still try and second guess where they believe the world is going. Uh, for, for my money, that's probably a, a really good route for most people. Or at uh, or you know, you hedge your bets and you have half in an index tracker like that and half in a in a balanced fund, you know, managed by a fund manager. To, the, to the, me, that's not a bad solution. The biggest risk you always point out 
is that people think they must get to a certain age and de-risk a portfolio. Take money out of shares and put it into cash uh, and and leave it in cash because at least then you're getting interest and you know what you're getting. Um, And that gives people this weird sense of wonderful comfort. Um, And they might do that at 60 or 65 or 70 or 75. Um, Is there ever a reason to put everything into cash? I can think of two very good reasons why you put everything in cash. One, when when you are worth 100 million rand and you spend 100,000 rand uh, a year and that's all you're ever going to spend, <laughs> then the, you, you can do it then with with pleasure. Don't don't worry about anything else. And and the other the other option would be when you're um, age 95 and your health isn't great. Then then 100% in cash uh, is is okay because your time horizon might be relatively short, and it's not another two or three decades. But for the rest of us, uh, th- then the decision to go to cash at any stage, 100% in cash, is an awful one. And and you know, in in the old days, I remember big employers used to force their their employees to to move their portfolios from you know yeah. let's say a typical balanced fund to to 100% in cash in the year or two before retirement. Because you know, you know, somehow life ended at at you know at retirement, and and my, my problem with that is, you know, if you're retiring at age 65, th- there's a really good chance you're living to 85 or 90 at the least nowadays. So so you've got many decades of life, and and so worrying about retirement as an end date for your investments is a really lousy idea. You, you've got to say to yourself, you know, I, I need to be, I need to maintain the actual mix of assets for for many decades, and and retirement is simply a transition where Instead of investing the money in a, in a retirement fund, I'm now drawing some money from a living annuity, but, but the underlying investments should look almost exactly the same. And, and you know, if, if anything, you know, you know, stay the course. Don't, don't, don't become overly emotional. What happens if I want a little bit of, uh, what does Craig Gradish call it, a bit of violence in my portfolio? <laughs> he said, if you want a bit of violence, you add crypto. Um, is there ever a reason to go and, and on the side start learning about stock markets and going to an easy equities and taking a thousand rand a month and popping it into a range of shares um, and having some crypto on the side and maybe a rental property in a minute? Yeah, so um, I, I can't justify to myself uh, telling someone to put money in crypto. So that's a hard one. But for the others, yeah, I, I think it, I think it, I think it's a good a good idea. So so allocating a portion of money, maybe five or ten percent of your investment assets, not a bad idea. And if you're looking for sort of real rocket fuel, put money into those investments that enough money that it makes a little bit of a difference to your life, but but it makes no difference to your life if you lose all of it, because that's the truth. Is you've got to say I'm I'm playing with money here, and and therefore I, I have to be comfortable that it might go to zero, uh, and, and that that's the amount of money you allocate as as rocket fuel to a portfolio. Warren Ingram, Galileo Capital, thank you very much. And thank you, Cindy Paluta, for provoking the discussion. Cindy is the sports editor at Eyewitness News.